This is episode 239, Finding Faith When You Think You Don't Have It, with Emma. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice, as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I hope you are all doing well and feeling, well, feeling however you're feeling, but also being mindful of not getting too caught up in the feelings of fear. That's the one we want to try to stay out of the most. And I think today's episode will help a lot because I'm coaching Emma on how to have faith, especially during hard times. And I think that's something that a lot of us are struggling with a little bit right now is in times like these, as much as we know, we may know intellectually that there's a God, that there's universe, that everything works out for the better. When we're in it, sometimes it's hard to really feel that even if intellectually you know it. So I think today's call will really help. Also, I have a free download for you, a meditation to help you really slip into your sense of faith, your sense of spirituality, whatever that is for you. It's a short one. So if you want to go grab that, just go to christinehassler.com slash faith, and you'll get access to the download for that guided meditation. Also, I highly recommend you join us for the free calls that Steph and I are doing. They're twice a week. It's christinehasler.com slash free call. The last one we did on Saturday, Saturday, April 4th, 4-4. I really highly recommend you go back and watch that one. It really ties into today's episode too, because it has to do with anger. And I think it's important for all of us to tap into anger, especially anger we might feel right now. And you might even feel guilty for feeling angry. All the more reason to tap into the anger so you can move through that. Because underneath anger is passion and creativity and innovation. And we need to get to those levels as well. So when you sign up for the free calls, you get access to the past recordings. Go back and listen to the one we did Saturday 4-4. We talk a lot about anger and we guide you through a breath work and meditation to help you release it so you can slip into deeper levels of forgiveness, creativity, passion, and innovation. And one more reminder, we're currently enrolling for our Be the Queen program. It's a four-month program that we teach virtually, and we teach it live, so it's not a bunch of recordings. And we coach you live through the program. It's for women calling in their king, their man, women who want to be in relationship. It's christinehasler.com slash be the queen. We start May 5th. If you join before that, you get access to bonus calls like the one we're doing April 21st. So again, go to christinehasler.com slash be the queen to apply. And if you have any questions about any of my offerings or what's best for you, just email Jill. She's amazing. She'll help you figure it out. That's Jill at christinehasler.com. Okay. So as you're listening to this call with Emma, consider what does faith mean to you? Do you feel like you have it? Do you want to have faith and you get it intellectually, but you just don't feel it? Do you think you're actually worthy of being totally loved and supported by God or a higher power? Finally, are you a little bit angry at God or perhaps the universe and you're not sure what to do about that? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Emma. Emma, welcome to the show. How can I help? 
Hi, Christine. So I do have anxiety and I've made a lot of progress in it over about two years in therapy now. But I feel like my biggest unmoving block is that I can't seem to access faith. Like mm. I, I feel like faith in greater meaning and spirit or God would help me kind of sustain optimism about the future. But I just can't seem to find it. Like I don't feel it. Um, and I think that's really important. And it's also feels strange to me that I don't feel it the way that other people seem to. Why does it feel strange to you? I guess it's sort of a judgment on myself that, I mean, I feel that it's very helpful to people and important, and I want there to be meaning and something to connect with and feel safe with. I want it, but I don't really feel it. <laughs> so that's why. And are you speaking in specific times to what's going on now, or is this a consistent thing for you? It has been consistent, but it feels definitely like with the, the pandemic that we're dealing with, the future is very uncertain. And I definitely think it exacerbates that feeling of wishing that I had some sort of faith and optimism about the future for sure. And how do you know you don't have faith? Um, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I feel like maybe it doesn't sound like other people's like people describe it as, you know, like that still small voice or just seeming like unshakable. But I have a lot of questions about what it would look like and doesn't like no particular religion really connects with me. You know, I just doesn't look organized, <laughs> I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And what was your background growing up with religion or faith? Yeah, so I grew up Roman Catholic and generally had a pretty good experience until I started to wonder why, because I actually loved it and wanted, I even thought about becoming like a nun or wanted to be like a priest, but then quickly realized, no, women can't be priests. And that sort of started me down. This doesn't seem quite right for me <laughs> and uh, did a lot of exploring, was very curious about Buddhism and different types of Christianity, had a very religious friend in high school who also kind of exposed me some, to some different ideas, some of which didn't quite fit. And so I, religion was actually quite important to me in a way, although it wasn't necessarily happily important to me since the time I was probably like 10 and just became so aware of the kind of restrictions that it placed around me. And when have you had a total breakdown in your life where you just hit rock bottom? Yeah, that's a good question. I've had probably two. In high school, I also got really sick. It turned out to be kind of a chronic allergy, but wasn't diagnosed for like two or three years. And so I wasn't able to go to school and participate in life well and was also very, very plagued by questions about faith and religion. And this friend that I mentioned, who was quite religious and was very miserable. Like it wasn't like one day I suddenly broke down. I just had never felt so low and sort of dismayed and desperate before. Yeah, I would say that's probably the biggest one. And then I also reached a point of feeling pretty low and miserable right before I decided to go to therapy for the first time, which made a huge difference. And that was several years after that. And really, I would say that the kind of breakdown didn't start to properly be resolved until starting therapy. So it was sort of an undercurrent in my life that whole time. Mm -hmm. And have you had those like on your knees crying moments where you just want to give up? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. During, yeah. Especially during that time when I just didn't know what was going on and why I 
felt so bad all the time. And yeah, just mm-hmm. very desperate. Yeah. Yeah. Desperate being a key word there. Mm-hmm. And those are the times where if we don't feel like God steps in, then we move farther and farther away from faith. Yeah, that makes sense. So often what's in our way is what will one our mind, our, our, our own heads, the noise in our head, to our beliefs about what it should look like, especially if we're comparing to others. And three, and this is often the biggie, and this is one that's up for a lot of people right now, is just anger at God. And we'll just use the word God to substitute for universe, spirit, force, whatever. We'll just make it easy and use the word God. Is that okay with you? Definitely, yeah. Okay. But that last one, anger at God, and that question, where were you? Why did this happen? Especially for people that are, I can tell, big feelers like you that see the suffering in the world and have a hard time marrying that with, all right, well, where's God? Does that land with you? Very much. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the emotion that comes up when I say that? I think grief. Mm -hmm. Um, Just very sad. Things don't, (laughs) they don't look the way I think they should. Things aren't fair the way that I would hope um, God to make them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And do you ever, have you ever been mad at someone? Definitely. (laughs) And how did you resolve that? It's been hard. Um, In the past, I often kept it inside and either never showed it, never acknowledged it and dealt with the relationship for a long time or suddenly couldn't take it anymore and kind of just walked away with no explanation. Um, Not very healthy, but... So you either internalized it or ran? Basically, yeah. That was always the pattern for sure. Okay. So you have a certain behavioral pattern with confrontation and with anger. Can you see that? Yes. And the pattern is not really one of healthy expression. It's either repression or I'm just going to hightail it out of here. Yeah. And that's sort of what's happening in your, your relationship with God. You're either just kind of, you know, turning away from it, just kind of holding it inside or feeling completely separate from it. And one of the things that for me has really helped with my spiritual relationship is actually getting my anger out at God. Because the thing is, God can take it. From what I know about God, he, she, it, (laughs) whatever pronoun is appropriate, doesn't care about our anger. Like it, God can hold the entire world and all God wants, at least from what I understand is for us to, to know it, to know that we are it, to know that we are so unconditionally loved, to know that we are supported and to also understand that one of the gifts of the human experience is that we have free will. And unfortunately as the population has grown and as there's been different wars over religions and as there's been power struggles and as we've been out of balance with the earth and out of balance in terms of masculine, feminine, we've made humans our gods. We've given humans too many, too much power over time and humans have free will. And so 
there's a lot that's happened in the world that wasn't necessarily God's doing. It was the free will of human beings. And God's always there, always there, always offering salvation. But unfortunately, most human beings are so disconnected from themselves as love, as God, that they act out of pain and suffering more so than they act out of faith and out of love. And so that's, I just wanted to talk to your rational mind for a second and give the best explanation I could for why there's suffering in the world. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Let's just say hypothetically, a group of very heart-centered, connected people that had done their work, people that had healed their shadow, people that had a connection with God, let's say they lived in a small community, there probably wouldn't be abuse, rape, theft, oppression, maybe not even disease. But unfortunately, we don't live in that world quite yet. We live in a world where human beings are still evolving and growing. And this pandemic that we're facing, we're really seeing how we collectively as a human species have gotten way off track, way off track. And we can point at God and say, where are you? Or we can actually look at them in the mirror and go, wait a second, who are we? Who are we? And so I want to ask you, Emma, what are the things that you're judging yourself for? that either consciously or unconsciously are making you feel unworthy of having God in your life? Wow. Um, yeah. I need, yeah, I'm just taking that question and it feels, it really gets to the heart, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel sort of, not powerful enough to make a difference or not good enough even maybe to make a difference because there's lots of things I care about and lots of injustices in the world that I wish weren't that way. Um, but just myself, I can't fix them. And, you know, sometimes feel too tired or, um, unable to kind of take things on that I really wish I could. Um, and I think that's a big part. I just don't feel like I'm doing everything I can. And it's kind of a struggle inside. So you don't feel enough. Yeah, (laughs) I guess that's the truth. I don't feel enough. And that probably has been around for a long time. And probably one of the reasons that you were in therapy as well, because there are things that happened in your life. What if you were to, Sort of just give me the highlight reel of the challenging events in your life. What were the thing or a thing that happened that really made you feel less than and not enough and unworthy? Yeah, I think there were a few things when I was a kid. Um, My parents almost divorced and it was literally at the last minute when we were all huddled on my parents' bed and my dad said goodbye and walked downstairs and then turned around and said that he was making a mistake and he couldn't go. Um, and I think that experience definitely confused me, you know, on, on an emotional level, like what was it? I not 
enough was my family, my mom, not enough. And then did we learn how to do something right? Like, did, did we change something in some way um, that made him change his mind? And mm-hmm. I mean, our relationships have changed a lot over the years, but I think that that definitely had an impact. And on top of that, it was hard being a kid. I'm not one of those people who looks back uh, happily really on childhood just because I was very anxious and had a lot of bullying and you know developed mm. acne when I was like seven and so mm. no one understood <laughs> at all and thought they were chicken pox and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. I felt very like something what was like yeah I I hear you what was life like before seven or mm. at seven yeah so with my parents that happened when I was probably about five and yep. Yeah. Does it sound like the right age for yep. to make a difference? <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so a lot of times acne, you know, repressed anger, anger is a very fiery emotion and it's a very intense emotion mm-hmm. and it's very hard to keep in our body. And it's actually one of the emotions that I believe mm-hmm. leads to a lot of disease and your body at little five, six, seven years old, found an exit route and it wasn't cancer and it wasn't anything deadly. It was acne. So I want you to thank your body for its wisdom that it gave you that exit route. It needed some kind of release and that's the way it went. And so even in that moment, you know, definition of a miracle is a change in its perception. And there are so many moments where we think God's not there when God working through our body, the infinite wisdom that it has helps us in ways that it seems like we're not being helped, but you were. And the other thing that can be really confusing and why I believe that you're having just difficulty with this relationship is if you listen to the show, you've probably heard me talk about how we project God onto our parents. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So if parents were inconsistent, like they're leaving, then they're back. You don't feel safe. There's fighting. There's a natural disconnect that happens. And often when we are like, all right, I can't rely on my parents. That translates to, I can't rely on anyone, which translates to, I can't rely on God. And I'm just alone in the world and I have no faith. Wow. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So I truly believe my love that you have faith. Otherwise you and I wouldn't be on this call. I believe that deep down in there, you remember what it's like to be connected and to feel connected. And that's different for all of us. I don't hear a voice in my head. I don't see angels or anything like that. And there are times when I'm pretty damn pissed off at God. I've had a few moments of that the last couple of weeks, but when I am, I take it to God and I write my letters or I talk out loud just like I would with a person. And because I think withholding, and that's another reason, you know, it's another reason why a lot of people have acne is like that withholding of emotion. It just needs an exit route. The withholding of emotion 
is what's keeping you feeling like you don't have faith because so much of your energy is in withholding emotion that there's not, it's like, there's not room for it to come in. It's sort of like if my glass is full of water, I can't pour any more in. There's no room. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It feels true as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the most important thing that it feels true. Mm-hmm. It feels true. So let's just use an example. Have you been asking silently for help with this? Yeah. All right. And what's happening right now? Um, I, are you, are you getting help with this? Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking even yesterday when, you know, the spot opened up and I felt for the first time, like, this is, this is an answer. Yeah. Yeah. And there will be more and more and more, the more you open up and the more you feel the anger and the sadness. And I'm so glad you're in therapy. And sometimes we need more than just talking about things. Mm-hmm. We need a good old temper tantrum technique. We need a good old scream and hit the pillow. We need a great cry. We need some crazy dance. We need to make some loud sounds. And have you heard me teach the empty chair process, like in my personal mastery program? Um, no, I haven't. Well, the program might be really great for you. And we're offering a, a discount right now, a $200 discount on it. When you go and check out, you just enter health as the promo code. And you also can pay over 12 months. Oh, wow. But I think it would be very, very good for you because it, it helps you emotionally, mentally, behaviorally, and spiritually work through something you want to get over and on with. And for you, it would be getting over this obstacle, this block you feel and on with your, your spiritual life, whatever that looks like for you. And I teach something that I call the empty chair process. And the way I'd suggest you do it is you put you in one chair and God in the other. And you have a good old fashioned conversation and you be as angry and as you need to be and start to hash some of this out because I'm sensing you didn't have much of a voice as a child. No. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're kind of in survival mode a little bit and holding a lot in. And in that withholding, it's hard to open up to, to faith And again, I just encourage you, Emma, to look for the little ways in which it's showing up for you. You and I talking now, you know, a bird flying by, um, the moments where you just, for no reason, just feel love. And you get to decide what your relationship with the higher power looks like. It doesn't look like anybody else's. And faith is just a deep knowing that Everything really is happening for the highest good, even if it doesn't look like it. We can't base faith on things working out according to how we'd like them to work out. Yeah. Right. Because we look at the situation right now and we'd be like, well, this is definitely, you know, not what I prayed for. (laughs) But is it is it what the dolphins prayed for? The ocean, the trees? They're all pretty happy right now. So are our prayers more important than theirs? You know, so it's like we can really get into uh, just such a mind spin when we try to understand faith with our logical mind. It's like we want to take God to court. 
<laughs> yeah, that's definitely how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I suggest you do that a little bit. You hash it out. You get at some of these deeper emotions. Cause I will tell you, I have had my most beautiful spiritual experiences after a really good emotional release. Because it's like all the energy of anger and sadness and fear and shame. I get it out of my body. And then it's just like, oh, I'm just like flooded with love. Because that's what's underneath all of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes so much sense. And this is definitely more than just a small sign. This is, I'm just really grateful, Christine. Oh, well, I'm so grateful for you. And I know your questions can help a lot of people. And that's the thing. God shows up in people all over Mm -hmm. and be open to that too. Don't hide so much. (laughs) I won't. Any other questions? I, I guess when speaking with God in the empty chair, since I'm not really used to confronting even people with anger mm-hmm. is there a way that I can sort of get started like a yeah mm-hmm. yeah well if you if you end up getting mastery which I hope you do because then you can get on monthly group coaching calls with me too yeah, and we can great. talk more um I I, sh- I show you in the whole process but basically you sit with two chairs you and one God's in the other but you're being God too it's it's an interesting process mm-hmm. um And you can even do letter writing if you don't want to do the chair, but you could just start with, listen, God, where are you? I'm really angry. I've got some things to say. I don't know how to talk to you. This may be really clunky, but here I go. (laughs) And you just bleh. (laughs) And then when you feel like you bleh, you allow God to respond. Either, you know, you write it down, you move into the other chair and you just really trust what comes forward because God is not this like, person in the sky looking over for us. He is within us. He, she, it again, within us is us and is all knowing, all loving, always there. It's the divine masculine and feminine. It's heaven and earth. It's, it's all of us. It's oneness. It's complete oneness. So it's impossible for you to be here on this planet without being God because we all are. That's really helpful. It, mm-hmm. it feels less, I guess I felt almost intimidated before. Well, yeah, but you also have a pattern of being intimidated by parents, by kids that bullied you, by authority figures. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. We, we don't want to put God on a pedestal. We want to have reverence and gratitude and de- devotion and awe, but not this, you're better than I'm less than. Mm-hmm. We don't want to look, we don't want to project our issues with authority figures onto God. <laughs> Not helpful. <laughs> that makes so much sense. But yeah. yeah, that's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. And this is a beautiful time right now, you know, as more of us are home and as the veil is thinning. And what I mean by that is the world between the conscious and unconscious mind is smaller. We have more access to things that we've repressed. This is a great beautiful time to go inside and to, to find your faith and to find your connection. Definitely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I feel empowered. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Christine. 
Thank you so much, Emma, for your vulnerability and honesty. I think that your question helped a lot of people because our relationship with a higher power can be complicated, just like our relationship with people. We can go through ebbs and flows where we're totally into it and we totally feel it. And then we can go through periods where we are questioning everything. So we'll break down this column. Just a reminder that you can grab access to the meditation I have for you to help you access your own personal faith at christinehasler.com slash faith. So Emma's first question had to do with feeling anxiety and that was coming from a variety of things, but she was really trying to seek solace in her spiritual practice, her faith, but was having a hard time really feeling it. She said the mental understanding of God had her optimistic about the future, but she just wasn't experientially getting it. And with the uncertain future that we're all faced with right now, it's exacerbating her anxiety. And so I asked her, how do you know you don't have faith? And she said, well, it doesn't sound like other people. And then she shared a little bit about her relationship with spirituality. And you can really tell Emma's a seeker. You know, as a child, she even wanted to be a priest. She explored all different kinds of religions, including Buddhism. But then she became aware of the restrictions, or as I would say, judgments that the human mind has put on spirituality. And that kind of turned her away from religion. And then the other thing that was also impacting her relationship with a higher power was her own deep sense of unworthiness and not enoughness and her own relationship with her parents. You know, the story about how her parents were going to get divorced and then her dad came back and there was inconsistency. Since we do tend to project God on our parents, whatever kind of authority figure issues that we had with our parents or deep wounding we have with our parents often can show up in our spiritual relationship. And then she had some rock bottom moments where she felt really abandoned by God and all these things together, those moments we feel abandoned by God and then we get angry, our own very active minds, our expectation of how it should look all really impact our ability to really experience faith, to really feel unconditionally loved and safe. And after I spoke with her about the anger at God and the unworthiness that she felt, a lot of emotion came up for her. And part of the reason that she had anger at God and why a lot of us do is because we see a lot of suffering. We even see something like this and we go, whoa, is there really a God? And remember, and I explained this in detail in the coaching session, that we're all made for my opinion, in the image and likeness of God. And let's just back up from the word God for a second, especially for those of you who don't like that word, don't believe in it, or have that more analytical mind. If you study the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, and that's spelled D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A, and he didn't come up with what I'm about to say, but he just teaches it really well. But he talks about basically the quantum field and quantum physics and science and talks about how science is actually in so many ways proving spirituality. And when we get to a frequency that's even beyond the speed of light, that's such a high vibration, such a high vibration of love, we really reach this place of spirituality and oneness that makes us no one, nothing, nowhere, that really connects us to oneness. And we all have access to this, no matter what our religious upbringing is, no matter how many mantras we've done or yoga classes, it doesn't matter. We all have access to this 
this unconditional love and this realm and world of possibility. But because we as human beings live in this 3D reality, all based in our senses and our judgments of good and bad and right and wrong, and we take action and make choices based on our wounding, we have emotional addiction and behavioral patterning that moves us farther and farther away from that unconditional love. So the reason that they're suffering in the world and the reason we're kind of where we are right now isn't necessarily because God did it or the universe did it. It's our free will that's created what we live with on a day-to-day basis. Now, the universe, I believe, is always helping us move more and more and more toward evolution. And so it will point out the contrast to us. It will point out when we're out of alignment with harmony, balance, love. And as a collective, we've been pretty out of alignment, which is one of the reasons that we're in the situation that we are in today. Of course, there's a whole myriad reasons and we could get into a huge conversation about it. That's not the place for it. But basically the point I'm trying to make to all of you that I hope you're hearing is that if we project like human behavior onto God or onto the universe, it's never going to make sense to us. We have to see our higher power, not as a human with judgments, with good, bad, right, or wrong, with wanting to control. Think of it more as God or the universe is this all-knowing, all-loving thing. And all it wants is for us to more and more and more know ourselves as it, to know ourselves as unconditional love, untapped possibility, and oneness. And the more and more we move toward that, I think the less and less suffering that will happen. You know, We've made humans our God. We've given power away to people rather than felt empowered ourselves. And we have amnesia. We forget that God exists inside of each of us. And we live in a world where we're still evolving. So maybe instead of asking God, where are you? We should ask instead, where have I been? How have I been behaving? And that doesn't mean we have to earn God. It's, I don't want us to go into the religious conditioning that if you've been bad or if you've sinned, then you're separate from God. No, 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 no. What I really want to emphasize is the more and more you shift into the energy of love, the energy of gratitude, and the energy of worthiness, really feeling, feeling, feeling worthy. And that's really where Emma was stuck. She said, I feel not powerful or good enough to make a difference. That right there, that one sentence sums up why she's not experiencing God. How can you experience the unconditional love of the universe if you don't feel worthy to receive it? Same thing works with finances. If you feel unworthy, you're not going to experience abundance in your life. So we really want to work through that unworthiness and that not enoughness. And I believe that Emma and all of you have faith. It's a basic human inherent quality. What I mean is we all have access to all that is. So some recommendations I gave to Emma were to really work through the anger. I recommend that to you as well to do the empty chair process, which I teach in my personal mastery course. That's my, my five week online course. And it's only five weeks because it's five modules, but it's yours for a lifetime. You also get monthly group coaching calls with me. 
And we're offering a $200 discount right now with the promo code health. So when you go to christinehassler.com slash mastery, go to checkout, enter health as the promo code. It'll deduct $200. And we're also offering a 12 month payment plan to make it really, really accessible. Some other takeaways for you. Again, download that meditation, christinehassler.com slash faith. Work with your anger. Maybe write some letters to God or the universe. And every day, feel into your worthiness. A good tool for that. I'm actually going to grab it. Actually, in my office, and there's a picture of me as a newborn baby holding this panda bear that I still have. And when I connect to a picture of me, especially as an infant, I immediately tap into that feeling of worthiness. Because how can any newborn child not be worthy of love and of everything? And so maybe use a picture or think in your mind, visualize yourself in your mind as you as a child and feel into that worthiness because you are so worthy. And God, the universe loves you so, so, so much. And I love you too. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time, everybody. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.